the Lifted Life Podcast. We created this show to help you live a lifted life. Welcome to episode 149, The Alarm. The alarm is sounding. Can you hear it? I'd usually choose not to. That's the wrong question. Can you feel it? That's the real question. Oh, I'm so excited for this episode. It's juicy. It's going to be jam-packed with really good stuff. I cannot wait. I mean, it does feel a little vulnerable. It feels a little bit like, in order to tell you that story, I kind of have to tell you that story. Mm -hmm. In order to tell you that story, I got to tell you that story. But I'm here for it. I hope you're here for it. Maybe, I don't know, click pause, go put on the, the tea kettle. I think Do you have a positive or negative connotation to alarm? Negative. Yeah, me too. Just I was trying to think, is there a positive spin on alarm? Because typically an alarm is something that wakes you up in the morning mm-hmm. that you probably Maybe. don't want to get up. Maybe you do. And then also alarm is like smoke alarm, fire alarm. Mm-hmm. Just so you know, I thought you were going to say, do you have a positive or negative association with tea kettles? <laughs> I don't, I actually, I guess have a positive association with tea kettles, by the yeah. way. Right. I think they sound really cozy and kind of a little bit of like this relaxed sophistication. In no way is this a plug for Smeg, but two Christmases ago, I believe, mm-hmm. our brother-in-law gave you mm-hmm. a Smeg, which is like an electric tea kettle. Well, Smeg is a here. brand that has a lot of different things. Oh, okay. They make a electric tea kettle, which we use every day. Yeah. Yes. That's nothing to do with an alarm. No, but at one point we had a tea kettle you put on the stovetop. I think got we all. still do somewhere. I think we threw it away. <laughs> you threw my tea kettle away. <laughs> Which one are you? Okay, I'm just kidding. We digress. Yeah. Mostly, I think we're creatively avoiding this very deep topic. It's so good though. I'm excited to share some of the insights I've learned. It has to do with a book that I bought just a couple of days ago. I'm flying through this book, reading it as Tim pointed out cover to cover which as the observer of you reading a book oftentimes i see you and you're like at the end of the book i'm like wow you went fast like oh no i started the last chapter working my way forward no i don't do that sometimes you're in the middle and you're reading different parts of the book i flip around you do i flip around but not this book this book seems to be cover to cover (laughs) it's a cover to cover kind of book which maybe a little backstory of this book you showed me the book you said can i can I? I'm gonna post on our social media that I'm reading this book, and we both had an alarm of oh we can't say anxiety, we can't because we got in trouble with the FDA for our marketing using words that aren't re- those words are reserved for pharmaceuticals, not for supplement companies. So we got a nice little warning saying don't use those words, don't do that. So we adjusted our marketing, but we both had alarm saying I don't know if we can share this. <laughs> And we both said, this is ridiculous. This has nothing to do with our product. This is the book that you're reading and finding extreme value from. Why can't you, why wouldn't you share it? Right. But we have had a very strong distancing from that word, Mm -hmm. the A word, (laughs) as I call it sometimes. Yeah. Also, don't use the D word either. Yeah. So I think we can say what we're saying, but we can't. With our marketing, even if a customer writes us saying your product helped with blank, don't say that. Yeah. That gets us into trouble. So we've been playing this game. So that is the backstory of the backstory. Thank you for just jumping in. 
it was stressful for us to get a warning letter from the FDA. Mm-hmm. Um, we hired a lawyer. Mm-hmm. No, we hired a compliance agency. Correct. With Which lawyers. Happens to be lawyers. <laughs> <laughs> and they kind of helped us. The worst, saddest thing that happened out of that. Well, there's a lot of things that were just like, oh my gosh, it put my body into a state of alarm. Uh, was the uh, removal that we decided to remove all 50 mm-hmm. of our blogs because there was just too much copy in those blogs that could be detrimental, could be maybe the wording wasn't quite right. And to pay the lawyers to go through 50 blogs was going to be a lot of money. And we were not totally sure how much traffic we were getting to our website from the blogs. And we said, okay, let's just pull these blogs. Well, that was like a lot of effort and energy on my account that I Mm -hmm. created. And it was hard. It was a hard time to just pull those. And I mean, they're sitting aside in a folder somewhere waiting to be either read through or whatever. But if this is the first time you're hearing this, maybe you think we're being a little bit ridiculous or like, just don't use the word. Well, if you haven't um, looked into how our, in America, how the, our government regulates things, they regulate by guidance, not by like strict rules. So it's up for interpretation. So it's not so clear as do not say these words. It's like, well, you can't imply this. And then it's up for them to determine what you're implying. And that was very hard for us to learn because we just cut the words. And then the agency came in and said, no, you're actually implying this. You have to cut this. You can't use this. So it's a very um, delicate balance and kind of a dance, like what's allowed. And we adjusted some things and they came back and said, no, you're still implying it. Take that out too. So it, it's been a little tricky yes, on that end. So we're, we're not being so dramatic necessarily. We're still just doing the dance to yeah. figure out what can we say, what can't we say. We want to stay compliant because we feel an allegiance to our mm-hmm. customers to stay in business. Yeah. People who really appreciate and uh, love our products, mm-hmm. we want to make sure we can continue to provide I mean, there's those. thousands and thousands of people have written us saying that they've um, got great value out of our products. And unfortunately, we can't always share exactly the value they get. Cookie, no. Sorry about that. It's a little cookie. A little cookie sheet. <laughs> the puppy. Okay. So the book, we had to tell you that story. I was going to tell you that story. And the book itself is called Anxiety Rx, written by Russell Kennedy, MD. So I first discovered his work through Instagram. And I've been following it for a while and was like, oh, this guy really seems to know what he's talking about. I loved it because he uh, had been trying to uh, explore a variety of ways to treat his own anxiety and also help patients with theirs as well. So he had this both sides of the coin thing that I think really brings next level uh, attention to because you can't, I don't think you can really know what someone's been through unless you've been through something similar. So it's funny when you said next level, I was thinking, no, it's like the only level. Yeah. Like how can you give advice to something you've never experienced? I mean, you can try, but is it really? So this is the level that I'd like to be on from someone who's experienced it. So I bought the book because I was enjoying his content over on Instagram and I started reading it page one, like a normal person. And it has been so good. I mean, wowzer, just really, really good. And I decided right away, I needed to do a shout out to this guy. I shared about it on our stories over on Instagram. Um, And then realized pretty quickly too, I 
would love to dig into a bit of it here on the show. And, um, he gives tons of free content away over on his Instagram. Uh, so I don't really feel like I can't like the, some of the basic premises that I want to share today. It's not like I'm giving away the juice from his book because Mm -hmm. there's so many really phenomenal details and examples that he gives in the book that, um, this is basically a plug for his book, even though I have no connection or association, I just want more people to know this stuff. It's so good. So one of the main premises that I wanted to share that it's just been so mind boggling is that what we actually call anxiety is, um, not so much anxiety. So he relates a lot of anxiety to chronic worry, which happens in the mind. And he said, yeah, that's a real pain. It's the pits. He's me summarizing. Mm -hmm. Um, but the real issue that we're dealing with that becomes so problematic in our life is actually within the body. It is an alarm sensation in the body, and it is uh, that alarm that is causing us so much anguish. And yes, the alarm um, takes place in the body, and yes, the worrisome thoughts are in the mind, but it's the kind of dance between the two that is so problematic and creates so many issues for people that struggle with chronic worry. And so by breaking apart um, anxiety in the mind and alarm in the body, I feel like I've had just epiphany after epiphany of my own growth and development and peace from his examples. So, holy cow, why didn't we know this before? And the really cool thing is I personally was, I don't know how to, I was intrigued that he had this revelation, this insight um, from his experience with LSD. Mm -hmm. He had tried multiple other legal drugs and those didn't really help. He did a lot of talk therapy that didn't really help. It wasn't until he had this experience. Now the kind of wild thing is that he said it was not really pretty. It it was very stressful, very hard on him. And and hopefully from the experiences he gleaned from it, you don't have to go do that because Mm -hmm. it wasn't actually this like amazing experience, but yeah, yeah. yeah, but it did show him things that he hadn't seen before, which was that the alarm in the body is a very real thing. So then the question becomes, how did the alarm get there? And, um, he goes into this in great detail. So if you're at all intrigued at this point, highly recommend you grab the book, but it has a lot to do with, uh, childhood trauma and experiences that your child mind did not know how to comprehend. And so because there was no room in the mind, it literally flows over into the body and gets stored there. So, um, there's like, I've read a hundred pages and I still have, maybe I'm not even halfway through. So Mm -hmm. there's still a lot more for me to learn. Um, but one thing I do think that is really, um, important that he emphasizes is that if you're highly sensitive, um, this is even more likely to happen to you and it may not be a trauma with a capital T that caused that energy to get stuck in your body. It could be just numerous little traumas, um, a a childhood friend moving away, um, a grandparent passing away, anything that just puts more stress on maybe an already stressful time can be enough. Are you saying like, I think when you say trauma, you know, everyone thinks of the worst things like the death of a parent or whatever, something very, very bad, but you're saying trauma is trauma. I mean, it could be any level of trauma is something as simple as your best friend moving away. Right. Which, I mean, I'm not saying that's not dramatic, right. traumatic well, either, but. And he was saying that basically for some people that will 
create trauma that mm -hmm. becomes stored in the body and for some people it won't mm -hmm. so um it's not any sort of guaranteed so is it that it's not like how bad the trauma is it's just if you store it or not in your body it, it has it, to do with that and uh -huh. also it has to do with uh the emotional regulation of your caretakers so if you feel safe throughout a traumatic experience then you will process it and move on from it, it. Yeah. and if on the other hand you have a caregiver who maybe is going through their own trauma maybe mm -hmm. that they're going through the same trauma and they're not able to emotionally regulate themselves let alone help the child through it mm -hmm. that can be enough to push that over so it's just um that goes back to the importance of taking care of yourself because right. if you can't if you're not healthy and well how can you take care of someone else right that's i mean very true yeah um all right real quick let's take a quick break to thank our sponsor and uh then we will go back to the show share a bit more about the book and why it's been so helpful uh this week's episode is brought to you by our mood probiotics with four different formulas to choose from all targeted to help with mood digestion and immune support we are more confident than ever that you will find a formula that works for you we do have two probiotics and prebiotics and two probiotics only and you can find those over at our online shop as well as walmart.com and amazon.com back to the show questions yeah i'm just waiting for that to get over so i can ask questions mm -hmm. earlier when you described this to me it was very interesting you're you laying the, the framework of a traumatic experience happens to you you store it in your body then that relationship you have with the storage in your body and your thoughts mm -hmm. can you talk a little bit about like how that works yeah so it's stored there he calls it a background alarm and it's just kind of waiting. Sometimes you don't even realize it's starting to pulse up. And then there's the foreground alarm, which is any type of experience that you would um, get hyped about. So um, let's say you almost get into a little bit of a car accident type issue, but mm -hmm. you swerve and go around it. You will experience increased heart rate, maybe a little bit of sweating. Your pupils will change. That's the foreground alarm. That's a very natural, healthy um, experience that humans have that help mm -hmm. them to handle a stressful situation to avoid danger. Mm -hmm. And then you go back to a regulated state unless you have a background alarm going. Then if you have a foreground alarm and a background alarm, then suddenly you're experiencing what we call anxiety or he calls a very heightened, painful alarm that's going mm -hmm. on. The interesting thing though, is that as soon as this alarm goes off, um, in your body, your mind wants to match the state. So it comes up with worries. Hmm. And that's when I was just like, yes, that is so true. And he goes into it way more in depth and I just don't even feel like I'm doing it justice, but yeah. also I purposely don't want to share absolutely everything I've learned because it's his book and it's amazing. And I feel like well, it, people it, should go read it. It's individual to everyone. So that was your experience reading it. Someone else reading it. Right. May oh. have different traumas and have different experiences. On that note too, mm -hmm. uh, he uh, recently did release the audible oh. uh, format. So if you're more of an audio listener, as you're listening to this podcast, mm -hmm. that might be true for you. Um, and so he, I did not listen to that, but I know he put a lot of effort into that based on what I saw on his Instagram. So mm -hmm. if that's more your style highly recommend that as well. But, um, the interplay between the, uh, worrisome thoughts of the mind and the painful feeling in the body is the separation of the two, which, um, if you, by separating them, you can actually, um, go deeper with each one in a more, uh, 
momentous way that you can actually create more healing. So I feel like by pulling those two apart and seeing that there's two separate things going on, um, I've already experienced just when I feel a little bit triggered, mm-hmm. um, I've been practicing right away, just going into my body, trying to locate the pain and breathing into it rather than feeding it with chronic worry. And it feels like it just, yeah, just like done. It's like a totally amazing experience. So that was why I was like, I got to share this stuff because this is cool. I'm I think the coolest thing it. for me is you can, or we have maybe put a lot of focus on the spiritual component and you dive deep into that and you go through all these teachers and you learn the spiritual aspect of it and you try to fix it that way. Then you hear about the physical aspect of it and you go through all that, you go through meditations and you do all these other things. Well, I guess meditation maybe is both, but do other things, you know, adjust your diet, try to fix the physical aspect. And it sounds like what you're sharing now is the harmony of the two, like how to use both of them to infer what each side is doing. I think personally, I was putting way too much emphasis on the thoughts, trying to manage my mind. Yeah. And if you listen to our podcast, that's what you'll hear me say. That yeah. I went through a life coach training program that basically taught that your thoughts create your feelings. Mm-hmm. And he um, talks a lot in the book about, yes, thoughts create feelings and also feelings can create thoughts. And that was something I did this very silly kind of chicken and egg dance with mm-hmm. for a long time. Like, can you have a feeling without a correlating thought? Like, can... And he's basically saying you very much can because there's emotions stored in the body that the body, um, this was a Dr. Joe thing, that body can do it faster than the mind once it's memorized it. It's yeah. a habit that it's learned and it's, it's in your cells. Yeah. yeah. And so from that place, um, I've had my mind blown because I realize I've been doing all this mind management, which is exactly what chronic warriors do. Mm-hmm. We're like, I'm just going to think about all the scenarios so that I can just can get a plan and get, um, get a full understanding of the situation. And it's all in your head, mm-hmm. all of it. Whereas the pain that you're truly experiencing is an alarm in your body. And I am like the most guilty of it. Like, I'm like, yes, that's what I was doing. But I mean, for someone that argues that your thoughts come first, you could argue the thought, put the alarm in your body. Like it originated. Like if you play the chicken and egg thing, the alarm in your body didn't happen first. It maybe happened the other way, but I think it's semantics. I don't. I think it's irrelevant. I think it's. It's still tricks of the mind to say I'm what matters most. Yeah. Of course, your mind would say that. Yeah. <laughs> it's protecting your body. Right. It's trying to figure out how to keep that thing alive. Right. Your so, mind doesn't die. I mean, your spirit's forever. Your body eh, doesn't last so long, <laughs> in in comparison. So, it's trying to keep you around. Yeah. It's just such a fascinating, I just feel like there were so many things. I'm always willing to be proven wrong. You may or may not believe that, Tim. <laughs> um, just but, not by me. No, right. <laughs> by anyone else, though. So mostly available to be proven wrong. Uh-huh. Like that to me is the ultimate expression of intelligence is be able to hold contradictions, yeah. being able to read contradictory information. That's what I just love about this. Like you, I study the spiritual aspect of it and you get so excited because it's, it feels right. It feels real. It feels like an experience. And some people that's enough. And some people are more scientific. Like, no, I need to know how, mm-hmm. like why. Mm-hmm. And usually you don't get that from the spiritual side. It's like, I don't know, but I, it's been like this for a long time. We're pretty sure. Then you have stuff like this. It comes along. It's like, Oh, that lines up. Like mm-hmm. I understand now how this, what I thought was a spiritual component is 
how it works in science. Yeah. There's other fascinating things he shared about how people who are very much in their head and they stay there because it's safer than feeling the feeling in the body um, are sometimes disconnected from, it's actually considered called disassociated from the present moment. And so Mm -hmm. they'll lose track of if they're hungry or not, or if they Mm -hmm. need to go to the bathroom or not, because they're so in their mind and in their worries and in their head and in the future that they fail to truly experience the peace which is offered in the present moment, which can only be found in the body here and now. So and it's the only thing that's really technically real. I mean, the future is not even real. The past isn't really real. You can only experience the now. And the breath in the body mm-hmm. is kind of that direct route to anchoring, mm-hmm. which we've talked so much about. But I feel like for the longest time, I've had a very thought-centric approach to managing um, anxious thoughts in the mind. But what I've seen from his book is that that only gets you so far and it's a lot of heavy lifting to constantly try to manage your mind. The way the analogy he gives in the book is it's like trying to scoop water out of the boat. But if you can go to the body and, and heal that hole. pain, yep. you can patch the hole in the boat. Also, a few minutes ago, you were, or seconds ago, you were talking about um, contradiction, holding contradictions. And I think that's very, a very valuable tool. And also, as you had said, we've been saying this for a long time. Yeah, we have, but we also always accept and look for contradictions to validate what we believe. And if it's true, Mm. and I think that's what science is, is I believe this, this is true. Prove me wrong. Mm. People bring things to you, you evaluate it, and then you say right or wrong. Mm -hmm. And yeah, we believe all these things that we've been saying. We also welcome contradictions to really either solidify what we believe or change. Yeah. Another example in the book of a contradiction that I wasn't really willing to, at first I was like, no, no, that doesn't apply to me. <laughs> Rusty. Russell. So, so to me, that's the best indicator it does. Right. When I read something like, oh, that's not me. That's not yeah, me. That's probably me. He was talking about how on some level, if you're experiencing chronic worry, you are experiencing victimization. You mm. are being the victim. And to, give yourself some slack because you are being the victim from your childhood at a point when you felt powerless for whatever reason you were given a situation that was bigger than your child mind could handle. And you were, you felt like a victim and that, that overflow in the body is what creates that alarm. And then when you experience it as an adult, you fall back into that victim like state. And I was like, no, Rusty, listen, I'm tough. I am not a victim. Okay. I've worked on this one. And then I I just kind of kept reading his examples. I was like, Mate, what, what if I were being a bit of a victim? Would that allow me more room for healing and growth here? Well, absolutely. So just kind of putting that ego aside of I've worked through that, or I don't mm-hmm. really like that label. No, thank you. Instead of saying, could this help me? Could this help me to move through um, this barrier that I've experienced? in my life? And the answer was yes. So yet another example of, okay, can I stay open to a variety of uncomfortable truths that can help me to move forward? Yes, I can. Okay. What do you think, Tim? Good stuff. (laughs) I think it's always nice to uh, look at something from a different light, from a different side. I have so much appreciation for this guy Mm. to be willing to share his own anxieties and alarms and anxious mind and 
how that has been uh, played out in his life. So for me, it was this ultimate respect as I am working on a book right now, the vulnerability he shared, I was like, I don't know if I can do that. Mm -hmm. Um, But it is very inspiring for me to see someone to be willing to do that and be willing to share like he has about a variety of experiences, illegal and legal. (laughs) Things I haven't done that I don't want to do and I do intend to pull and glean everything out of from his experience because there's been so much stuff to learn. So I highly recommend you check out that book and um, yeah, hit me up if you have any questions about it. I'd be happy to answer them. We appreciate you listening to the show. Hope you found some value. If you enjoyed the show, share it with a friend, click that share button. If you don't know how to do that, let us know. We can help you to share it. Send a screenshot. Um, those little shares do help us a ton. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. 